Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package promo code FNTSY. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto Experts. To the end zone. It's The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's point for a touchdown. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Thursday, September 27th. Let's cock a doodle do it. Roto Experts in the morning, right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speeds the Spitting Statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the King Scott Angle. Scotty, week four kicks off tonight as we are all going back to Cali. How you doing? Doing good. We got you ready on rotoexperts.com. I would like to inform you that in the last two weeks on fantasypros.com, we have had two top five rankers for lineup rankings. In week two, Brandon Merchantson was number four overall on Fantasy Pros, and last week I was number five, and both of us have available lineup ranks on rotoexperts.com right now. Absolutely. You got to go and get that Roto Experts in season exclusive edge fantasy package. Use the promo code the king at checkout. Scotty, out of those uh, in the fantasy pros rank- rankings, right? Like, okay, Murchison was number four one week. You were number five one week. How many are there? Because, like, if you're four out of, you know, six, that's not impressive. But if you're four out of 100, that's really impressive. How many are we talking about? Well, you think it was, it was 10 people? You think I'd be bragging? No, I just want to know <laughs> how many we're talking about. I think we're talking about at least 150. Oh, that's awesome. All right, there you yeah. go. So we're talking about the top five percentile. All right, yeah. that's what we're talking about here. So if you want to win your leagues and win that cash, get those rankings over at rotoexperts.com. We're going to be looking at Scott's week four rankings a little bit later on in the show. We're going to get you ready for Thursday night football. We got what many people thought could have been an NFC championship game preview. The Rams, though, are running away and hiding With uh, at least the NFC West, I would say. The Rams are seven-point favorites. We'll give our predictions uh, a little bit later on in the show. Scotty, my prediction for this game might be one of the three that I give out in our contest. I'll have to see if I decide on that later on. If anybody wants to join the show, you could also call the number at 844-843-6879. Scotty, news and notes, things that kind of were on my radar. I want to get your take on it. Um... 
first of all, Rex Burkhead goes to IR, okay, with that neck injury. Um, he goes to IR. I was excited about this. I put it up on social media because, as you know, Scott, for the last last couple of weeks, I have been touting the ascension, the emergence of Sony Michelle. I call him the stereotype, Scott, you know, because there's Sony and Panasonic <laughs> and Mitsubishi. And I'm like, yeah. yo, why you got to talk to me about all these stereotypes? I'm not a guy who likes stereotypes, but I like Sony Michelle, and I think this clears the way for his breakout. I don't know if it's going to be as much as this, but last year, remember how Alvin Kamara really broke out after the Saints traded away Adrian Peterson, clearing the yeah. path? I think that this Rex Burkhead injury clears the path for Sony Michel. Now, I'm not saying he's going to wind up being like RB6 overall, but I'm really excited that more opportunity can come to the stereotype. Yeah, you know, I think when you throw the name Kamara out there, I I see where you're going with it. You know, not that you're comparing him to Kamara, no, because exactly. he's not going to replace James White as the pass catching back. Although Kamara did share touches with Mark Ingram last year, uh, but you know, he's versatile. Uh, I think you know, unfortunately, this injury you never like to see something like this creates opportunity for Michelle. Whereas if Burkhead was still in the mix, it might be a right. little bit more clouded. But now he's set to be the lead running back. That said, we have to remember that this is still a pass-first offense. So I like Sony Michelle more now as a potential RB2. But I don't think uh, I'm going to you know, go to the point where I'm going to put him in RB1 territory or top 12 just yet in my in-season ranks on rotoexperts.com. It's kind of got to be earned, too. You know, they do like James White a lot. Uh, Michelle has only played one game, so you know I think you'll see more of the ascension gradually over the next few weeks than immediately. Absolutely. You have him, Scotty, in week four, ranked as running back 22. So that is an RB2, a back-end RB2 you are comfortable with him. And absolutely, when I said that, I threw out the Kamara thing. Like I said, I don't think he's uh, going to be a top 10 running back, right? But what I mean, you know, we talk about this all the time, Scott. You know, fantasy production is a function of two things, right? Your skill and your opportunity. Right. And so I think in the opportunity column, that's the part I'm really comparing. Right. How when Adrian Peterson got traded away, it increased the opportunity for the rookie Alvin Kamara last year. This year, unfortunately, it's an injury and IR to Rex Burkhead. I think that clears the way for much increased opportunity for Sony Michelle. You like to, Scott, make the distinction between a timeshare and a committee. Right. I think this has just changed from a committee to a timeshare and a kind of standard one almost, you know, where Sony Michelle is like the early down back, potentially the goal line back. Remember, Jeremy Hill is already still on IR off for this team and James White as the pass catching back. So I think it means both of them, to be quite honest, are uh, are viable as RB2s. I would actually have both of them as RB2s, and it looks like you do as well. You have James White as running back 15, and Sony Michelle as running back 22. The one last thing I'll say... Yeah, that's, Scott, that, that's okay. fair. That's fair. Okay. And what you say about opportunity, and you know, you've also said it yourself, is, you know, we talk about New England, you know, remembering guys like Lawrence Maroney, opportunity yeah. doesn't always lead to production, but uh, I, I, I don't think Michelle's going to turn out to be a Maroney. I hope not, I, or a jabroni even. I hope not. Um, and, and the last point that I'll make, and we've been talking about this also for the last couple of weeks, it is rare 
that the New England Patriots will have a two-game losing streak. And those were the only two times we've seen Sony Michelle. And those were two times when they were down and losing and having a game script that is uncommon, to be quite honest, for the Patriots, right? If you think they get back on the good foot, the game flow, if, especially if you think James White is a passing back and Sony Michelle is the early down back, you know, we expect game scripts usually to be in favor for Sony Michelle towards the end of the game. Um, yeah, they do have Miami this week, though. Yeah, Miami is ranked seventh against the run, and they've given up sure. like a lot of passing yards. So this mm-hmm. might be a more re- rebound week for the passing game more than anything. All right, so we will check that out. We'll give our picks on that game and others as we move along this week. Scotty Alshon Jeffrey cleared for contact. Um, how do you play this? Uh, do you think he's going to trend to? We'll maybe have Doctor A on tomorrow, um, but. What do, you, what do you think about Alshon? Is he going to be out there this week? And if so, is he someone that like, you would start with confidence his first week back, whether it is this week or down the road? So I'm not asking you to play doctor. I'm asking you more on the fantasy side. Like When we talk about pitchers coming off the DL, how we watch them in their first start, we said similar things about Carson Wentz last week. Might there be some rust? What does that mean for Alshon Jeffrey? He was cleared for contact. That's the news. If he plays this week, you run him out there right away? I, he's he's very uncertain. I don't think we can go, you know, with the angle like if he plays this week, you know, it's, okay. we can't can't prepare for that. We don't know uh, all the reports that I've read. You know, are not very confident that he'll, he'll return this week. So yeah. I'm preparing like if he doesn't return, and if he does, it's a bonus. Especially, you know, if I'm if I'm looking at a bye week or something like that, right. you know, maybe without I'm, without I'm Devin Funches, and then I have Alshon Jeffrey on my bench, and all of a sudden I hear he's active, and I don't have a better option on my bench. You know, I think it's rare, but you know, those instances do exist. Yeah, you got Washington and Carolina <clears throat> on bye this week, so you mentioned a potential of Funches. Um, on Washington, maybe you have Jameson Crowder on by. I don't know if he, he was starting him week to week either. But regardless, um, the fact that he's clear for contact, Scotty, is a step in the positive direction. Another wide receiver that has a step in the positive direction is your boy Doug Baldwin in Seattle. They said he got in a limited practice, trending in the right direction. Uh, he would be, again, we don't necessarily know, he would be, though, Scott, a godsend to the Seattle offense, right? He certainly would. Uh, you know, Pete Carroll very optimistic about him returning, and I don't think they're going to put him at risk. Uh, if if uh, you know, if he's not ready, he's not going to play because you're talking about injuries in two knees, and this is kind of earlier yeah. than I would actually expect him back. So I'm more optimistic on Baldwin returning than Jeffrey. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Patrick Peter Patrick Peterson is no longer limited to one side of the field. He can travel around. You know, maybe right. maybe he'll follow maybe he'll follow Doug Baldwin here, and you know that can open up things for Tyler Lockett and you know the rest of the offense because when Baldwin is in there, he draws a lot of defensive attention, and that's what opens up the rest of the passing game. All right. Um, yeah. So we'll keep an eye out on that. It could help out. You mentioned Tyler Lockett. Could it also help out Brandon Marshall? Is Brandon Marshall in in on two wide? Like, what's the roles there when Doug Baldwin comes back? When they go to two wide sets, is it Baldwin and Lockett, or is it Baldwin and Marshall? They'll play a lot of three wide sets, but okay. you know, for fantasy purposes, I don't even think Marshall is rosterable right now because when he got the opportunity to step forward, he didn't do anything with it except drop passes. And, you know, now he gets relegated back into pecking order. So it's really when he has to hit a big play, he's going to go to Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett was a big disappointment last year, 
and the year before he got hurt. He, he told reporters that he was not healthy at all last year. He still felt like he was recovering from that broken leg. Now he's healthy, he's feeling better, and he's scored in every game. So, you know, Baldwin uh, being in there really helps lock it. You know, face less defensive attention, I think, because defenses are to start to respect him more. So, Brandon Marshall's not a factor. All right, fair enough. You know who always faces a lot of defensive attention when he's in there? Larry Fitzgerald out there in Arizona, but he did not practice. Remember, he had that hamstring, okay? He went last week, but uh, he's starting the week with a DNP. You think this is just managing the reps for the veteran because uh, the Rosen one probably needs Fitzy out there on Sunday to be a security blanket? It's really hard to guess on this, you know, not being able to practice. Yesterday, I can't. I can't give information when there isn't any. You know, it's like I often tell people this on Twitter. You know, do you expect Larry Fitzgerald to play? Well, I don't know. You know, it's Thursday. We have to wait for practices today. If he doesn't yeah. practice today, I'm starting to get worried. If he don't practice tomorrow, uh, you know, I'm not using him this week. And, right. you know, the Seattle defense is a great stream this week. Seven interceptions leads the league. Going against a rookie quarterback who may not have Larry Fitzgerald. If uh, Larry Fitzgerald doesn't play or is limited, obviously, just make the Seattle defense an even better stream. Absolutely. Seattle is a a defense that you could stream this week. We'll tell you a couple of others a little bit later on in the show. Scott convinced me on a defense, guys, that for the last two years, I have been literally attacking in DFS. We'll tell you why it's an interesting stream a little bit later on in the show. Scotty Leonard, uh, you know, you mentioned... These ideas of, like, the DNPs on Wednesday. All we need, right, Scott, is, like, we need them from Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday to kind of trend in the right direction. You know, if I see a DNP on a Wednesday, but then someone's, like, limited on Thursday and Friday, I think that means they're going to be out there, and I'm okay and comfortable with that. That's why I also say, Scott, anybody that, like, pops up on the injury report new on a Friday, that's a big-time concern, right? Because that's either a fresh injury that happened or that means someone's trending in the wrong direction. You know, we used to have, like, the – um, you know, the, the probable, the questionable, all those distinctions. They changed the injury distinctions, I believe, two years ago. And now you got questionable really as like, you know, the catch-all. So what you got to look at is the practice reports and really if they're yep. trending in the right direction or the wrong direction. You want to see a guy like Larry Fitzgerald go from DNP to limited throughout the week. Right, Scotty? That's how you got to read Right. It. And you can't panic when guys are out on Wednesday. Julio right. Jones is like a good example. You know, he's been DeAndre Hopkins days off. You know, DeAndre Hopkins. You know, they want to give this guy, a, these guys, a little bit of rest here. You right. can't panic. You can't panic about Wednesdays. You know, uh, Thursday, that's the day of concern. Friday, that's the day of panic. As a guy does not practice at all, and you know, like you said, you know, the questionable tab. It's it's uh you know you can't just look at it in a vacuum. You know, like we've been saying. You know, you have to add the color, and that's where like. Uh, it's better that you read these reports, you know, was limited, did not practice. That gives you more of the color that right. those questionable tags did not. Because there were a lot of times in the past where guys were questionable, and we, we didn't have any doubt that they would play. Yeah, um, you know where I am panicking, Scott? It's kind of funny. Um, all three, you, me, and Blewett, our Super Bowl picks, you know, are kind of uh, in disarray right now. You know, you're Houston Texans. We've talked about that offensive line and yeah, the problems there, happening. right? 
Uh, Blue had picked the Atlanta Falcons, and they have gotten killed by injury, you know, especially on the back half. That's part of the reason I like some of the Bengals this week, okay, especially a guy like Tyler Eifert when uh, you got, like, Deion Jones and both their safeties out. But I digress. My pick was the Chargers, okay? And my panic button is because, Scotty, there's a report I saw last week Prime pass rusher Joey Boza, they are now saying is going to be out until after the Chargers buy in week nine. They could have put him on IR for that. You know, with with eight weeks, they could have put him on IR to return. This is a huge blow. Part of the reason, Scotty, I loved the Chargers was because I thought they had the best pass rush combo in the league with Boza and Melvin Ingram on the other side. They are now going to be without Boza, it looks like, for half the season. If I knew that, I don't think the Chargers was going to be my, would have been my Super Bowl pick. Um, that's a problem for the Chargers, Scotty. Joey Boza, they think, is now going to be out until week nine. Damn. Yeah, but that shouldn't change your Super Bowl pick necessarily. If he's back week nine, he's still there for the stretch run in the playoffs. You know, yeah, but I wanted them to be a one seed. I wanted them to get a bye. Maybe it hurts their regular season. I mean, Look, Patty Mahomes is going to hurt We've seen teams like, so, like the Steelers and the Giants, you know, win the Super Bowl from, what, the sure. sixth seed? So I wouldn't overrate that necessarily. Uh, but this is an impact, obviously, for the Chargers. Oh, it's, it a, it's an impact. Right now, the Chargers have the 25th-ranked pass defense, you know, and that uh, missing Joey Bosa has a lot to do with it. Yeah, I remember, they also lost Pro Bowl corner Jason Verrett, although they lose him yeah. every year. Yeah, right? like but old, are, yeah. yeah, but those are two uh, important people. Hey, Scotty, last thing I want to bring up here before we go to break. You know, you talk about Thursday night football, and we're going to preview Thursday night football, okay? We know the Rams' cornerback situation is a problem. Um, you talk about kind of uh, the questionable tag, right, and how they trend in practice. Dalvin Cook has been trending, they, you know, okay in practice. He got, in, I think, a limited session. He is a real questionable, okay? Here's what I got to say, and I, me and Mike Blewett made this point last week. If you have someone like this in the Thursday night game, do not have him in your running back spot. Have him in your flex spot. You need to have these players in your flex spot. This way, if there is something that goes wrong, you have a bigger range of options in, or in terms of like who you can replace them with. Just a note, you got to put these guys, if you can, in the flex spot, not in the running back spot to give you additional flexibility. It looks like Dalvin Cook with that hammy is a true game-time decision. Right, Scotty? Yeah. And uh, although uh, Adam Schefter was reporting that uh, that they're confident that he will play tonight. What do you think, though, about workload, man, especially going up against Sue and Donald? What do you think about that workload, though, Scotty? Uh, you know, it could be limited. I think you got to treat him like a flex play, just like you guys said. All right, come on back. We're off and running. Roto Experts in the morning. Week four ranks from the King. Coming back. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. I ain't a player with too much a lot. 
Even when that cash Roto experts in the morning The spitting statistician And El Rey de Fantasia I gotta let people know Scotty here on a Thursday That BetDSI Is celebrating 20 years As the industry's Biggest and safest betting site They have great customer service And fast easy payment of winnings You can play virtually Every sport at BetDSI With hundreds of wagering options Including live In-game wagering On all major sporting events Where you can make your play At any time during the game Use the promo code FNTSY Because BetDSI is offering a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit. Use that promo code FNTSY. Head on over and start winning today. That is BetDSI.com. Scotty, we were going to get into your week four ranks, and we are going to do that. I want to make, though, a point. You were talking about, you know, we talked about yesterday how with the bias coming, you know, this week, Washington and Carolina, only two yep. teams. You're going to start seeing weeks with, you know, four teams, six teams on bye. So we were talking about how that creates opportunity, right? Other teams might be painted into a corner roster-wise and have to drop someone. One man's trash is another man's treasure. You were saying that's also somewhat the case when you're cutting injured players, right? If, you're, if you have the ability to sustain the hit or take a one-week you know, gap, you can, you can take up an injured player if they get cut as well. Talk to me about cutting injured players, Scotty. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of questions on Twitter and the Roto Experts exclusive edge Slack chat about, okay, Evan Ingram's uh, he's mm. hurt. You know, he's out. Uh, he could be up to four four weeks. Official reports are two to four weeks. Uh, inside injuries, it's saying four to six. People are saying, "Oh, should I should I should I cut him?" You know, and pick up Ian Thomas or something like that, or you know, another tight end. And mm-hmm. uh, he's he's one prime example. But I'm getting questions about other players too. It's you know, you should not cut a guy just because he's hurt. You know, I've, I've been getting a lot of Doug Baldwin questions over the last two weeks. Do I cut him? You have to have some patience. You can't look at everything in just a short-term window. Uh, look, if you're in a ten-team league and you gotta, you gotta. If you don't have a choice, but just, just don't don't go looking to cut injured players. Saying, "Oh, should I cut Baldwin? These guys are available on free agency." You know, right. you gotta hold on to these guys. Well, you're gonna cut a, a guy who's a borderline wide receiver one, or if he plays with injuries, at least a, a starting wide receiver. You know, just because he's hurt, you can't look at things in a reactionary short-term window. If these guys are gonna be valuable to down the line. You have to hold on to them. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, I, I say it all the time to people on social media, and I feel bad because it's almost like I'm being condescending to them or yelling at them, you know. But I'm not telling people, like, patience is a virtue. And people are making such crazy ideas, you know, like, say, Chris Hogan, for example. You know, I get so many questions. Should I cut Chris Hogan? And I'm like, no. Like, no, you should not. You know, Doug Baldwin, another prime example. Scotty, I know he's been banged up, but you probably spent, like, a third or fourth round pick on Doug Baldwin. I know you said that like you can't worry about like what you you know drafted him as but I say that to mean like you know the guy's talent is there and if there's reports he might be back this week then you know we're talking about just a one week away until you have a guy who originally was thought of as a, a cusp wide receiver one two so I completely agree with you Scotty people need to take the you know the long term view on this stuff I know everybody wants to be reactionary but I can't stand it I'm hearing so many people like oh this guy had a great week you know do I do this guy for him and I'm like yo you you got to calm down. So I completely agree with you, Scott. If people want to join the show and they want to get down, the number to call is 844-843-6879. Scotty, I'm looking at your week four ranks, okay? What does that, what does that to... mean to get, to get down, though? I don't understand. Uh, does that mean to yeah, sit yeah. down or something? Uh, it could. I'm not, I'm not familiar the... with, your, with your hip jargon. 
Fair enough, fair enough. But I could do the translation like Rosetta Stone from Ebonics to English. And when we say get down, I mean, you know, join the party. Have some fun with us. Be part of our crew. The number to call is 844-843-6879. Scotty, I'm looking at your week four rankings. I'm looking at the quarterback position. And uh, you have Joe Flacco as a startable quarterback even in 10-team leagues this week. You have him as QB10 going up against that Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Don't look now. I own Joe Flacco in a super flex league, you know, my two-quarterback league, and he's been pretty good, to be quite honest. There's one week he put up 370 yards. You know, he has more kind of options that he could spread the ball around to. It also looks like you may be attacking this Pittsburgh secondary and defense the same way Ryan Fitzpatrick did last week, the same way Patty Mahomes did two weeks ago. You have Joe Flacco as quarterback 10 on Sunday Night Football, Scotty. Yeah, he's facing the 28th-ranked uh, defense and pass defense in the league, and no team in the AFC has given up more touchdown passes than the Steelers. They've given up 10 so far, and Flacco certainly hasn't been shy about putting the ball in the air. He's really working well with John Brown and Michael Crabtree, even goes to his tight ends. And uh, by the way, you know, if uh, if you're looking for tight end help, Hayden Hurst has been cleared for yeah. practice, and he could be back in a week, and Flacco really likes him. So, you know, get ahead of the game and pick up Hayden Hurst and uh, start Joe Flacco this week. I like that. I like that uh, for sure. I like that. Like my name is Kirk Cousins, Joe Flacco, um, on the road at Pittsburgh. And you know Pittsburgh likes to put up points at home too. So Joe Flacco and that offense are probably going to have to score to keep up. You know, uh, we've, talked about, we've talked about some game stacks. If you're going to run out some multiple lineups, you should, you should you focus on Baltimore and Pittsburgh too. Interesting. Remember, this is Sunday night football, so make sure that game is even on the slate. Um, yeah, Scotty. I about that, yeah. No, it's all good. Joe Flacco, yeah. you have high, right, at quarterback 10. Many people would be surprised to see that this week you have him ahead of someone who was drafted as one of the top three quarterbacks in a lot of leagues. I'm talking about Deshaun Watson in Houston. We've talked about his regression. We've talked about the offensive line. I believe that has caused him and his eyes. I think that is the big Biggest piece, unfortunately, and you know this, Scotty, the cardinal sin for a quarterback is to take your eyes from downfield to the rush. If you start seeing the rush, that is a big-time problem because you're missing open receivers. That's what we are seeing. You have Deshaun Watson outside of your top 12 as quarterback 13 this week, Scotty. Yeah, I do. You know, this uh, offensive line has been bad, much as you pointed out it would be. And the Indianapolis Colts have 10 sacks so far. And Pro Football Focus released a stat this morning where it showed that Deshaun Watson was at the second lowest percentage in the NFL of all quarterbacks of hitting his open receivers. Oh, wow. All right, so that is a problem. And here's the funny part. You know, you talk about hitting your open receivers. One of those receivers, Scott, is DeAndre Hopkins, who can literally catch anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? So all you got to do is put it in the neighborhood for a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. And, uh, you know, it'll work well, look, out. Look, I, I still like those receivers this week because, yeah. you know, Watson could have, uh, say, a one-touchdown, two-interception sure. day. And yep. DeAndre Hopkins can still have 100 yards, and Will Fuller can still score a touchdown. So it's not always necessarily that just because I don't like the quarterback doesn't mean the receivers won't be ranked well. 
Absolutely. So at the quarterback position, Scotty's diamond in the rough is Joe Flacco, and it's Fugazi, someone to forget about, is uh, Deshaun. Don't forget about Watson. Andy Dalton. There's a diamond in the rough Ooh, either. Ooh, talk to me about yeah. that one. I love him. I love him. Remember, I've been talking about this all week, Scotty. All right, this idea of, remember, and my narrative is this. They lose Keanu Neal. They lose Ricardo Allen last week. They've lost Dion. I got to get it right, Dion Jones, Jones not Dion James. Right. I'm going to oh, continue no. making that mistake. Shout out the to the former, former Brave. Yankee and Brave. Absolutely. Um, there, was, there was an old video game that I used to play. It was like one of the old regular like Nintendo baseball games. And whatever year yeah. it was off of, you know, it, you know, they used the stats from the previous year. There was one year, Scott, where Deion James hit like 320 or 330, something like that. Yeah. And he was like the number three hitter for the Yankees in this video game. So I always remember it. That game also had like Deion Sanders as a what Yankee. What was it? Like, baseball? I think it might have been. They also had Deion Sanders yeah. as a Yankee. But I digress. you got to love those video games. We should do a bracket oh, yeah. one time. I love Tony LaRusso baseball on the Genesis. You know, that was great. Scotty, let's remember this. After the Super Bowl, right, in like February, March, when it's nothing but like NBA All-Star weekend and stuff, let's, uh, let's do a bracket uh, for best video game of all time. Okay. That should be fun. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know I've done video things. Game, I guess. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know I've done things like the best sports movie of all time, best TV show of all time with some of the brackets, and people have voted. It's been a lot of fun. Maybe best video game could be something we do. Let's uh, file that one away. Let's look at the running back yes. situation, Scotty. Scotty, I think we may have the subject of a gentleman's bet for us this week. You have been very high on Carlos Hyde. You have him as RB7 this week at Oakland. Now, I know he's been running well. Two touchdowns last week. The proud popper, right, using that new dad strength maybe. Tell me why you have Carlos Hyde uh, all the way up as RB7. Uh, you know, I think that I think that you know the team is going to move, you know, under their rookie quarterback. I think Baker Mayfield is going to be able to move the ball against uh, and then you have a rush defense that's allowing almost 117 rush yards per game. You know, Carlos Hyde has been a very safe play so far. He's been running hard. You know, until he gets hurt, you got to ride with him. You know, as a every week locked in starter. Right, it's this kind of thing, you know, he's the kind, same narrative, I think that's the big thing, right, um, until he gets hurt, right, and that's the same thing we've said with guys like Tyler Eifert, with guys like Jordan Reed, you know, um, if they're, they're healthy He's not now. as injury prone as this, those guys, but, uh, you know, I know where you're going with this. The thing that also states is that, like, if you don't have one of the top six or seven running backs, everything after that is a crapshoot. Mm. You also have Marshawn Lynch as a RB1 this week. In that same game, Scotty, you got Marshawn Lynch a few spots higher than the industry. Why are you high on Lynch? You have Lynch and Hyde as RB1s this week in that game. Yeah, Lynch has been very, very reliable. You know, the Cleveland's, Cleveland's run defense has been middling so far. They're right in the middle of the pack of mm -hmm. 16th, though. But there's a floor for Lynch every week. It seems like about 50 to 60 yards and a touchdown. And they've been moving the ball. They're going to get him in position for scoring opportunities. All right, so let's look at that game then. Cleveland Browns and the Oakland Raiders. I think this is a fascinating matchup, Scotty. Yes. You and I both do not like the Oakland Raiders. We think they are fugazi. They're the winless team, not the Browns. 
Exactly. They are the winless team, right? We've been all over the season long under. I hope people listen to us with that under eight wins because they are trending to you can catch that bet probably. But here's my thing, Scotty. You know, the Cleveland Browns get that win, their first win in about two years, right? Uh, Baker mania running wild on you, saying your prayers, eating your vitamins. Um, the Oakland Raiders, though, are two and a half point favorites, mostly because this game is in the black hole in Oakland. Scotty, are you taking the points here? You, you think the Cleveland Browns all of a sudden get on a win streak after not winning a game in two years? You think they could win two in a row? Or you think this is a real close game and you take the points? How do you see this game playing out? I'm liable to take the Browns outright. I think Baker Mania is running wild all over me. Yeah, I think I think they actually covered lose by like one or two points here. This is oh, going to wow. be a tight game, but it's going to be dangerous because you know your rookie quarterback going on the road and the Raiders are desperate for a win. They're playing at home. You know, they really need this victory, so I think they're going to find a way to pull it out. Uh, it could go either way. That's why the spread is what it is. Uh, I'm probably going to take the under as well. I don't know if there's going to be an incredibly high-scoring game here. 45 I think the total. I think it's moderate. I think it's just going to go under here. Uh, but, you know, going to the black hole is not a big deal anymore. I mean, the Raiders and the Cowboys, there has been franchises that haven't been good in two to three decades, depending on which one you talk about. America's team is now the Patriots, and the toughest team in football over the last few decades has been the Ravens and not the Raiders, but it's a lot yeah. to ask for a rookie quarterback. Yes, quite specifically, you know, yeah. Scotty, that AFC North, <laughs> you know, that AFC North uh, between the Ravens and the Steelers and the Bengals, especially those three teams when they play each other, those games have been uh, to my good friend Jim Ross would say a slobber knockers left and right. But Scotty, uh -huh. what about this? What about this, man? You know, we talk about Baker mania and they got that win, right? But they were at home. There was incredible enthusiasm in that building last Thursday night. Everything from the Bud Light fridges being opened to, you know, Baker getting his chance. Uh, I think it's a very different thing for a rookie quarterback to go on the road and win, even against a winless team like Oakland. Yeah, home road is a real thing, you know, in, in yeah. the NFL. You know, being at home and, you know, having that intangible there. Football is a game of emotion and adrenaline, so it means a lot. In the, in the NFL, and, you know, Jamal Adams went on a local radio station here in New York mm. City and, you know, said that they weren't prepared for Baker Mayfield. They were only prepared for Terod Taylor, and uh, Todd Bowles, you know, uh, kind of lit into him about it, and then he changed his statement, but I think what he originally said was true, you know, that maybe the Jets weren't prepped there, but, you know, home field advantage is a real thing in the NFL, you know, that's why... You know, teams want to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. It's not completely insurmountable, but it's definitely an advantage. And you know me being a Seahawks fan, you know, I, I know all yeah, about the, the home field advantage. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Scotty, another running back you're much higher on than the industry, and I'm with you on this one. LaShawn McCoy is your RB23. You have him 13 spots higher than the industry. Why do you think the industry is so low on McCoy? You think it's an injury concern? I think it's an injury concern, but he is trying to in the direction of playing. I think I actually have him a little low. If, he, if I know that he's going to play when I update my lineup ranks on rotoexperts.com on Sunday morning, I think I'll push him up maybe two or three spots there. So I think a lot of the industry is ranking him low because they're just uncertain, and, you know, which is legitimate because he's got cracked rib cartilage. You know, the guy has had trouble breathing. So, uh, you know, it, it's legitimate there, but let's see where right. – uh, right now my lineup ranks on rotoexperts.com. I have him 23, like you say. But uh, he could go up three or four spots depending on how he trends health-wise. 
All right, I'm looking at some wide receivers real quick, and I have a proposition for you, Scotty, for our gentleman's bet of the week. You have three wide receivers in your kind of wide receiver two range um, that are much higher that you rank than the industry. You have Calvin Ridley as wide receiver 17 off his huge performance last week. In that same game, you have Tyler Boyd as wide receiver 18 off of his emergence last week. And they're in that game that we think has a high, we know has a high total, could be an interesting game stack, Cincinnati and Atlanta. You also have Mike Williams, Scotty, as wide receiver 20. Right. Um, coming off you know, a two touchdown performance. OK, you have all three of them as wide receiver twos. Yeah. Scotty, what if I told you that I would take the side saying I bet two out of those three this week will be outside of the top 24. So not wide receiver twos this week. Yeah, I take that. You know, Calvin you Ridley that? is going, going against Cincinnati's 24th ranked pass defense. You know, and that game has a high supply total like you talked about. Uh, Tyler Boyd is going against the 26th-ranked pass defense. And Mike Williams is really a thing. Uh, San Francisco's now lost their only good cornerback in Sherman. Sherman. And they are 27th-ranked. And that team has given up eight touchdown passes. So, uh, Mike Williams, I'm looking for an easy visit to the end zone there. All right, so because, you know, I want to find something with your Diamonds and Fugazis each week. Uh, you know, that other week there was Russell Wilson. You had a QB1. I said he was going to be outside the top five, and then when he faced Chicago, that sort of thing. But that was more like the other quarterbacks that week. There were some ridiculous performances, some 30- and 40-point performances this week. So yeah, that was I one am... of the worst games of Wilson's career. So Yeah, yeah. It's all right. I am going to say that you have three guys at, in the wideout two conversation, Calvin Ridley, Tyler Boyd, and Mike Williams, <clears throat> I'm going to say no more than one of could be outscored by Sanu, right? I did say that. Uh, not this week. I've said season long. Him or Hooper. If he, if he outscores Hooper, I still win that gentleman's bet, though, Scotty. But I'm going to say only one of those guys are even inside the top 24. We'll make that gentleman's bet. We'll look at tight ends when we come back. Roto experts yeah. in the morning. Dane and Scott. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Experts in the morning, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane and Scott making it happen on a Thursday as we kick off week four. Yeah. Scotty's over there doing, yeah. uh, I don't know what he's doing, yeah. CPR on himself yeah. or something like that. No. I want to let you guys know. I'm grooving today. Oh, get it. You're getting down, right, Scotty? You're getting down? Yes. That get, get down, yes. Get down with the get down. i got to let people know, Scotty, that they got to head on over to DailyRoto.com, the site that has produced $7 million winners. Click on the Go Premium tab. You'll get access to a line optimizer to help you compose your DFS rosters. But it also will give you all sorts of data you need in terms of, you know, uh, money line picks, picks against the spread, game totals, player props, all great kind of info relying on the site. 
where millionaires are made quite literally. Go to DailyRoto.com and click on the tab, Go Premium. Scotty, we were talking about your week four ranks. I want to look at the tight end position real quick. Guys that we've talked about earlier on in the week in terms of waiver wire ads, no surprise that you're higher on those two guys. Inside your top ten this week, two guys we mentioned on Tuesday for waivers, Tyler Eifert and Vance McDonald. Talk to me about Tyler Eifert. He's healthy, right? He's one of those guys. He's healthy, so ride him out. Yeah, it's a shootout. You know, Banny Dalton will be looking in the red zone. And uh, if you got to be sneaky in a DFS punt, I could yep. see them using both tight ends. I would, I would use CJ Ozoma as a DFS punt. What if I told you, though, Scotty, and this, sounds, this may sound crazy to you because uh, I was on that. Um, what if I told you that on FanDuel, your boy CJ Ozoma is 4,700 and Tyler Eifert is 4,600? Well, then I would use CJ Ozoma. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that myself because I was on that same narrative. I have a DFS lineup right now where I have Andy Dalton as my quarterback and Tyler Eifert as my tight end, and I was so surprised to see um, that Azuma is forty seven hundred and Tyler Eifert is forty six hundred. That's crazy, right, Scott? It is. You know, you figure when Eifert's <laughs> healthy, like Azuma's shown up when Eifert hasn't been healthy, but. I figure this offense could probably support two tight ends this week. You know, as far as Vance McDonald, there's no rhyme or reason yet. That's not why he's not in my top eight or so. Uh, but, you know, I think I think a, a, that, that Roethlisberger could be looking for him again. Of course, you yeah. know, Baltimore is not going to be an easy draw uh, necessarily. But uh, I think he's, he's going to be looking for him. But the Ravens have the best pass defense in the AFC. That's something that... That's something that uh, you know, that you have to be concerned about a little bit. Absolutely. They've, hey, Scotty. They've I... only allowed four touchdown passes. Hmm. That's interesting. Okay, so we will keep our eye out on that. I do think Big Ben, though, at home, will get into the end zone via the pass. Yeah, um, I still think it's going to be a shootout. Sometimes you gotta yep. you got to buck the trend a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. You know, buck the trend with Buck Allen, for example, and you have Joe Flacco in your top ten as well, so kind of supporting that narrative. Scotty, I just told you that I'm going with a little Dan- Andy Dalton, Tyler Eifert stack this week in DFS, but you wanted to mention a point about stacking not only in DFS, but in season-long leagues as well. Yeah, you know, I had one uh, user yesterday in the Roto Experts exclusive edge Slack chat, which is open 24 hours. You can always chat with me, Chris Mitchell, George Kurtz, Dom Cinerino. We're always there to answer your questions, Brandon Merchantson. And you know, somebody was saying, look at my lineup this week. You know, I have, I have Matt Ryan, Gio Bernard, Tyler Boyd, Calvin Ridley. Uh, right. Look at the lineup for this week. You know, people are trying to, like, you know, I guess wheel and deal or work the waiver wire to like, you know, run the same seasonal lineups that they would DFS. It's right. It's it, it's a it's very a different game. Ris- <laughs> it's, it's 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 a very risky proposition because some of these guys you may not want for the longer term, and it could right. be coincidental just for this week. Uh, you know, if you're gonna wheel and deal and trade every week, though, it's it, it's it's gonna be tough because at some point the trading deadline's gonna pass, and you're not gonna mm-hmm. be able to do it anymore. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Scotty. A lot of people are, you know, you see DFS now, and everyone almost thinks their season-long team is DFS. The recency bias, the reactionary moves, you know, that has a home in DFS. But in season-long, it's a little bit of a higher-stakes game if you kind of rob Peter to pay Paul. Um, but I agree real, with you, Scotty. Real quick, 
Real, yeah. real quick though, uh, you know, I don't want to digress too much, but uh, talking about trades, I made two yesterday. Oh, uh, talk to me. You know, I lost Garoppolo in one league where I'm right. very, very deep at running back, so I acquired Jared Goff for Dion hmm. Lewis. Like and it. Then in another, in another two quarterback league, I got a very interesting trade offer, you know, pushed across the table to me yesterday. You know, I woke up and I looked at my inbox, and somebody was offering me in a two quarterback league, Eli. Odell Beckham Jr. and Jamal Williams for Tyler Boyd, Carrion Johnson, and Andy Dalton. So I said to myself, you know, Dalton and, and Eli is a wash. I right. said, so I'm trading Tyler Boyd and Carrion Johnson to essentially here, you know, Jamal Williams means nothing to me to get right. Odell Beckham. And I can't pass on that. So I hit accept, and, you know, now I got DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham in that league. That's the thing. And when you look at, uh, Scotty, like three-for-three three trades or these kind of things like that, I look at who is the best player in the deal overall. Yes, and in that yes. one, clearly the answer is Odell Beckham. You know, I mean, I say this all the time. You know, you are looking – if you are a good manager, right, and you're going to be in the playoffs, you are looking – to create a roster that has the most, like, top-notch, weak-winning potential dudes, you know, for weeks 14, Dude. 15, and 16. Exactly. <laughs> Did you say youths? Um, but, like, <laughs> you are looking to accumulate guys that can win weeks for you and be studs. Because when you come to the playoffs, you're going to need to put up 160, 170 to advance, you know? And so Odell Beckham is one of those guys who can do it. I like that trade a lot. We don't have much time. I want to talk about defenses. We told people we'd give a couple defenses to stream. And there are two this week that are off the radar. You would have never thought about them, you know, when you're just looking at names of teams and you think they're actually bad defenses sometimes. But you have two defenses in your top eight this week, higher than the rest of the industry. I think you're attacking uh, – I think you're attacking offensive line play, to be quite honest. The Indianapolis Colts at 7 and the Detroit Lions at 8. Talk to me about those two defenses and why you're comfortable starting them this week. One of the two of them is attacking the offensive line. India's played Indianapolis better than people is, expect. Right. You know, the rookies and the young guys are making an impact. They have 10 sacks, and they're facing the worst offensive line in the business. It's a divisional game. Deshaun Jackson is not playing well. Uh, Deshaun Watson. Watson's not playing well, yep. and uh, you know, although Jackson didn't play well last week, so I'm not totally correct there. But uh, you know, I think it's going to be a lower scoring game here, and I really like the Colts here. You know, I think you got to throw your preseason conceptions out the window. As for the Lions, you know, it's not about the offensive play; it's about keeping the score down. You know, if you're looking at that, you got to look for sacks and interceptions first. But Detroit has the best pass defense in the NFL, and Dallas has no receivers. Now, you skew it the other way. Detroit also has the worst run defense in the NFL. So, tough times mm. get skewed that way. But Ezekiel you know Ezekiel Elliott's going to get his. But still, you know, they might only still score about 14 points. Right. No, I hear that. Um, one thing I do want to check on that is big play Slay healthy. Wasn't he banged up a little bit, Darius Slay? He played last Detroit. week, and he, he had an interception. Play. Yeah. Oh, okay. Fair enough. No, I just thought I thought he got banged up, you know, and I don't keep my attention, admittedly so, as much on the IDP. <laughs> even if he doesn't, like if he doesn't play, like it, that's right. The right. Dallas, who's the Dallas path, who's dangerous, right? Out of the wide receivers is the worst in the NFL. Their best receiver is Tavon Austin. I know it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, I, I'm trying to get ahead of it with the Dallas wide receivers, Scotty. If you were to predict. 
you know, we know the Tavon Austin, and it's funny. I did say that in the preseason. I was like, listen, they have no other weapons. They could try to use Tavon Austin. I don't think he's startable or rosterable, really, even. But keep an eye out on that. But, um, Scott, if you had to predict, like, we're in week four, right? If you had to predict in week 13, who, who's leading the Dallas Cowboys receivers in catches this year? Cole, like, Cole, Alan Hearns. Alan Hearns. Cole Beasley. Cole, Terrence, Cole, Cole Beasley, Beasley still, hurt, but though, Cole right? Beasley gets... Kobe, but he's going to play. He played through okay. it last week. And right. He just gets no yardage. I forget the stat was. He hasn't gone over 60 right. receiving yards in a game. All right, so a better long, question. Who leads time. them in receiving yards? Who leads them in receiving yards, Scott? Alan Hearns? Deontay Thompson? I, think it might be I mean, who are we talking just about? He catches so, catch so many passes. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's crazy to me that they have absolutely no weapons left. I want to oh, research the stat of like. You know, what's the lowest yard for a leading receiver on a team all time? Because, you know, Dallas may challenge it. Yeah, I mean, you know, Kelvin Benjamin may as well, <laughs> if you want to know the truth. Um, but we shall see. I'll take Benjamin over Beasley. Yeah, I guess that's true. Also because you know Zeke Elliott is going to get so many yards, you know, for that offense. Um, But in any event, Scotty, week four starts tonight. And what I think is a great game, Scotty, you know, sometimes they put like, you know, dumpster fires of games because if it's a standalone game, you know, they'll get ratings anyway. In years past, we saw those color rush Titan Jaguars games on Thursday night when nobody cared. But that is not the case tonight. Okay, Scotty, the Rams and the Vikings, many people believe, could be a playoff preview. The Rams look absolutely strong. The Bill, uh, excuse me, the Bills, you know, beat Minnesota. So Minnesota is a little bit fired up. We know there's some injuries on both sides. Dalvin Cook on one, you know, Aqib Tlaib on the other. This line just moved a little bit. It was seven yesterday, Scott. The Rams are now seven and a half point favorites over on mybookie.ag. At home on Thursday night, the short week, I know the Rams offense has been absolutely killing it, but this Minnesota Vikings defense is a step up in class for them. Minnesota's coming in angry, coming off their embarrassing loss to Minnesota. I mean, to Buffalo. I got to tell you this, Scott. I well, think they the Rams win themselves this... too, though. You're not totally That's true. correct there. <laughs> That's true. Um, I like the Rams as much as anybody. But seven and a half points is too many points for me to give for Minnesota. I think this. I think Minnesota can keep it close. Um, I'm going to take Minnesota plus seven and a half. Where are you leaning in this game? I'm taking Minnesota not only to cover but to win this ball game. Because Outright. Without their two top corners and their linebackers are not that good, the back seven of, of the Rams all of a sudden becomes very, very vulnerable. And you're just talking yep. about the defensive front. Now, right now, they rank ninth in pass defense, and they've only given up two touchdown passes. But there's a big difference without those top cover corners. Uh, you know, they're ninth against the run. I don't think they'll be able to run against them. But I think Kirk Cousins is going to rebound in a big way, to, you know, tonight. Uh, when you've got Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs going against a team without his top two corners, you know, even the average fan can see, you know, that's something to exploit. This game has essentially become a very good offense against a very good defense. And give me the defense every time when these kind of matchups happen. Yep, I'm with you, Scotty. I got to ask you two follow-up questions. You just said, though, in this analysis, I want to be clear. Do we know Marcus Peters is out tonight? Yes, well, it's, it's certainly looking for every report they see that he's not expected to play tonight. Okay, I just wanted to make sure because I, I saw something 
uh, earlier in the week where they said he is not yeah, being ruled I saw out that just too. yet. I, he okay. hasn't been ruled out, but it's unlikely that he's going to play tonight. Okay, uh, fair enough. I just wanted to make sure that we, we have the same information here. Um, so let me ask you this then, Scotty. Um, we make our three picks, you know, in our kind of little contest ourselves, where you are one game below 500 at four and five. I'm right there with you at 500. Our guy Mike Blewett is ahead of the field. He's at six and three. My question is, is Minnesota Wait, plus the seven and a half? You said I'm four and five and you're at 500. How is that possible? No, I'm four and five as well. I said right around 500. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, you can only be, yeah, with, with nine picks, you can only be uh, four and five or five and four, right? Around yeah, 500. So yes. we're both right there around 500. Mike, uh, Mike blew it, though. He's got a two-game lead on us. He's six and three. Um, my question, though, is we make our big fi- three official picks on tomorrow's Football Friday show. My question is, though, you sound pretty confident on this one. You like Minnesota to win outright. Do you want to make Minnesota plus seven and a half one of your official three picks for week four? Nope. No. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Uh, you, were, you, were, you were strong on it, so I wanted to give yeah, you the maybe option. Maybe top five for me, but not top three. Okay. We will yeah. get Scotty's picks on that tomorrow. We'll get my picks, you know, against the spread, some totals. I'm searching for ones this week, Scotty. I, I got to tell you the truth. Uh, I'll be looking at those um, today to see which ones I'm most solidified on. Scotty, this total is pretty high. 49 and a half at last check for this game. These are two pretty good defenses, though. I know the Rams' offense has well, been lights out, you know, and, and Minnesota Rams could be a pretty good defense. I don't know about I mean, that. Listen, I mean, they're still, you know, on paper they are. I know they're, they're without their tough secondary. But, I mean, you know, Sam Shields is not horrible stepping in there. But um, 49 no, and a half. So you're going to take either. the over? You're going to take the over on this game? I'm going to take the under here. You know, please, oh, so uh, you're talking to me about, oh, they're a good defense. But ultimately you're going to take the under. <laughs> I think it's going to just hit the under there. Okay. I don't, so, I don't, I don't, think, the, I don't think the Rams are going to be able to roll up a lot of points either. You know, that, All right, so give me a prediction. Thing. What are we talking here? What are you talking here? You what, 27-24 uh, or something like that? 24 to 20 I guess Minnesota. that would be 24 yeah. to 20 Minnesota. That would be a total of 44. And the under 24 to 20. That's, you know, that's – I like that, Scotty. I don't know. I'm on the fence on this game, you know, because for me – I always, all other things being equal, I always want to lean to the home team on Thursday night football. I really do. I think that's a trend that matters on the short week. These guys are in car accidents every Sunday, and then asking them to recover and travel like that I think is always a big deal. So I like the Minnesota plus seven for sure. I agree with you. It's a tough game. I understand their defense in L.A. is a little bit different with their secondary but this Rams offense is just too impressive for me to be stopped right now. So I'm going to go the other way on this game. I would take the points with Minnesota. I like even your score, though. I'll just go the other way. Give me, you know, this total is 49 and a half. Give me 27-21 to also be right under. Give me 27-21, but I'm going to go the other way with the Los Angeles Rams to remain undefeated. But regardless, that means we got a good game on our hands, right, Scotty? So I'm going to be excited to see it, all right? And uh, tomorrow we got a full-on football Friday. We'll make our picks. We'll break down Thursday night football. I'll give you a DFS lineup. Hey, Scotty, real quick, though, you know about the game stacks, right? And we were talking about a sneaky stack with the Saints and Giants game. Uh, how do you feel? I found enough. I had enough money to put Alvin Kamara and Saquon Barkley as my two running backs in this DFS lineup. You know, because I'm stacking Dalton and Eifert, right? Um, 
I found some other values, some cheap wideouts. Our yeah. guy, our boy, Galladay, is only 5,800 this week. So I'm getting him in. He's the cheapest of yeah, all the Lions wide receivers. I don't know if I like him against Dallas. That, that against Dallas? That going to be low scoring. But, you know, mm. you, you bring up an interesting point, though. You know, you always have to have complimentary guys to your stacks. And, yep. you know, I think Mike Williams is one of those best guys as a complimentary, uh, you know, type of wide receiver this week. I'm hearing a lot of talk know. about the Bears, though, because they're facing Tampa Bay. And we talk about opportunity doesn't always lead to production. It's still Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. I know the matchup is good, but, you know, I'm not running any bear stacks or, or you know, like rolling any bears out there. I don't, I don't know if they can take advantage of a good matchup. No, absolutely. I agree with you. I, I like the Bears' defense. I'll tell you that. I oh, like yeah. The Bears' defense this oh, week. Yeah. Fitzmagic will throw some picks, and it will get to him. Um, but I hear you. Uh, that would be, like, the best play, in my opinion, the Bears' defense. Unless you think Jordan Howard is a volume play. But I saw you had him as an RB2 this week. I say Kamara and Barely. Barkley because but combined, do you think Barkley and Kamara can catch, you know, 25 balls together this week? <laughs> Possible. All right, so we'll see. We'll do DFS. We'll do our official week four picks tomorrow. Have a great day, Scotty. Roto experts in the morning.